Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Oh, okay, I've been really getting into 1 John, guys. Uh, 1 John. The Apostle John was just astounding. You know, all the other... It's John wrote the, the book of John and also 1 John, the, the epistles of John. And the Gospel of John is one of the synoptic gospels there's three of them and they all tell pretty well the same story and 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 the luke who wasn't a disciple but he was he wasn't around jesus but he got to know who jesus was through talking to everybody but matthew was a tax collector and they start off with the record of jesus but john starts off in the beginning was the word and the word was with god Mm. and the word was god by him all things were made. Nothing that has been made wasn't made by him. You've got to remember you were made by God. Mm. You've been made in the image of God. Mm. Don't think your life is yours just to live for yourself and you can't wait. Young person, you can't wait until you get out from underneath mum and dad's rules and controls on your life. No. Cherish that time. Cherish it. Cherish it. Mm. I don't know who that's for this morning, if it's somebody on the air or somebody in the room, cherish this time. But John, he talks about love in in 1 John, and I've just been reading through this. And last week, wasn't that an awesome message that all the guys brought? They did so well. Didn't they? Yeah. I love the different aspects that they brought out. And... um, and it hit me because, you know, I'm a dad. So talking about fathering. And so I just want to read out of um, 1 John 4 and verse 7. And in the, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And everyone who loves has been, and in the New English translation, it says, fathered by God and knows God. For everyone who loves has been fathered by God and knows God. We need to be fathered by God. We need to get close to God. We need to get intimate with God. Because when you read later on, there's all these um, statements about get away from me because you never knew me. I don't know you. That's about intimacy. That's about actually being intimate and close with, with God. Knows God. Fathered by God. And who does not love does not know God because God is love. Verse 8. Verse 9. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his son, his one and only son, into the world that we might live through him. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, get this, guys. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And we know that we live in him and he is in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify. These guys are talking about it because they saw Jesus. They knew Jesus. The father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. This is about this closeness, about this intimacy being fathered by God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God. Whoever lives in love 
lives in God and God, oh sorry, and God in him, in them. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment or the day that we die or the day that we expire, we take our last breath and enter to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Get this, Adrian just spoke this out, didn't even know what I was going to say here. Because in this world, we are like Jesus. In this world, other translations say, we are Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love dries out fear. There is no fear in love, because perfect love dries out, drives out fear. It, it's really interesting. Um, fear robs you of hope. You, it just absolutely... Have you ever been in a place where you've been really afraid? I am reminded, I, I'm terrible, I don't really have a lot of fear. Do I? Vouch for that. Yeah, <laughs> like I, you know how there was somebody tragically um, killed at the Grampians, she fell off a thing, and I'm like, oh, that silly person, and then they showed it, and I went, oh no, I've stood on that, <laughs> I've climbed over that railing, I've been out there dancing on the end of it, I've got photos of me on the nerve test and stuff like that, and... And it's a bit silly to not have that type of fear, you know. <laughs> it's not good. But fear robs you of hope. Yeah. If you fear finances, it robs you of hope. And then you've got to, you make finances your goal in life. Or if you fear being alone, then you'll, you'll, you'll run after relationships and you'll try to please people and, you'll, and you'll, you'll just go from relationship to relationship if you fear being alone. There's a lot of things that we fear that rob us of hope. And we've just had 2020. It's nearly finished. 2020, we looked at it with such promise because it was 2020, 2020 vision. 2020, we're going into 2020. I remember 10 years ago, people talking about 2020 vision for, the, for this year. And then I've heard so many people just talking about got to get... 2020 over and done with, finally out of the way. And I'm thinking, thank you, Father, for what you've taught me in this year. Thank yeah. you for, for telling us last year, build foundations of rest. Mm. Build foundations of rest. And that didn't mean do nothing. That meant, because who has had nothing to do this year? It seems like it's taken four times longer just to do one thing. You go to the supermarket and you go, oh, I forgot my mask. And you've got to go back and you've got to get it. You've got to sanitise and you've got to wash things down and you think everyone's contaminated and you're walking around them and somebody's standing right where you want to get something in the supermarket so you just... <laughs> 25 minutes later, they move on because they're on their phone and you're like, finally, and you get your, what you need. Your chocky bickies or I don't know, whatever it is. This has been a great year. Mm. I hope that you have lent in and learnt. And if you haven't, still time. Mm. Fight to enter my rest. Mm. God says, you know, do it. Enter my rest. Enter my rest. Because the first thing that God did to, as a display to mankind, we've spoken about this before, six days, on the sixth day he created, he formed man out of the dust of the earth. And then on the seventh day, what did he do? Rest. He rested and he called that day holy. He's the first thing that mankind got to see 
God do was rest, not to do anything else. If it was you and me, we would be going, hey, Adam, check out the stars. Hey, Adam, check out these plants. Hey, Adam, check out these animals. Look at the platypus. (laughs) Look what I did there. No one's going to work this one out. (laughs) It's been a great year. I want you to appreciate this year. I want you to grab hold of it. And if you haven't had a good year, because do you know what? A lot of rotten stuff's happened this year. But I, I wanted to keep my eyes on God, and I had to fight to enter that rest. I, might, I had my beautiful wife reminding me, that's not very restful. That's not very kind. That's not the way you should respond. And I'm like, what do you know? And then I go, oh, that's right. That's right. Fight to enter the rest. Rest isn't just doing nothing. Rest is being restful, at peace, in peace, even when we're in conflict. More so when we're in conflict. And this has been a stormy year. The statement of this year is, we're all in the same boat. And then we realise, no, we're not. We're in the same storm, but we're in different boats. So I want to go to a story of a storm in a boat, not Jesus asleep in the boat, that would be me, no, no, in this world, I am Jesus, I would be asleep, (laughs) no, I'd be up on the front going, I'm king of the world, (gasps) no response, did you see that, (laughs) nothing, you've got some really good thoughts here, but let's set the scene, okay, Paul. We're in Acts, by the We're way. We're in Acts. We're in Acts. Acts chapter 26. We, we are still in Acts. Do you realize Acts never finished? Come on. The book of Acts never finished. Yeah. We are the, we are the apostles now, the sent ones, the called out ones, living out the daily Acts. We are in Acts right now. So we're going from 26, 27. If you've got your Bibles at home or your phones or whatever, isn't it great that we have our Bibles anywhere we go? And you, you can get your Bible to talk to you while you're in the car. Yeah. Oh, faith that. comes by hearing. Love you know it. how much faith grows in my car? Mm. I'm driving around, I'm just like proclaiming God. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. So this is where um, Paul is before Agrippa. And he talks to him about how he had had this transformation in his life. And then... Um, he was being accused of all this stuff, and he, he made a, He said, I appeal to Caesar, because Paul wanted to go to Rome and preach the gospel in Rome. God had put it in his heart that he was to go. But then a prophet comes to Paul and takes off his belt and binds his hands, and he says, this is how you will die. This is how you will be taken to Rome. So this is where he was fathered by God. He trusted God. He was in total love. Paul was in total love. He wasn't in fear. He knew that he had to accomplish the task that God had put him on this planet for. And he was entering into this wholeheartedly. There were so many times where he could have got out of going to Rome, but he didn't. So the story goes, they go in, the, in one boat, they swap boats a few times, there's, a, there's centurions over them, the centurion gives them favour when they go to certain places, they, he even lets him off the boat to go and visit some friends, some Christians there and share the gospel more, pray for them, do all these things, back on the boat and they go in and then they end up going to one place where um, they, they swap ships and they, 
they saw that it was there were storms going on and all that. And and in verse ten, Paul actually says to him, "Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss into our own lives also." But the tent maker, these guys are pilots of ships. They are captains. They're being they're shipfaring people. So we'll listen to them, and they headed off in this journey. Then this massive hurricane hits them, and for many days, they, they are battling the storm. So much so, they start throwing out the cargo. The very reason that they are carrying it, it's not just for Paul, he's not the important cargo, they have important cargo in there. So they start throwing out their, their money is now worth nothing to them, their lives are worth more than what they're carrying, and they're throwing it out, they're throwing it out. And... Um, and in verse 20 of, of chapter 27, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. And after the men had gone for a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you wouldn't have spared yourselves this damage and loss. You ever said something at the wrong time? It's just like, duh, you know, like, <laughs> you should have listened to me. But he was making a point because he was not just speaking out of the authority of his wisdom of sailing. He goes on to say, but now I urge you to keep your courage up because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God whom I serve, this is beautiful, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar and God will graciously give you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So they then end up hitting an island, they, they put out their ropes and they attach to the island and some of them start jumping off. And Paul says, no, no, don't leave the ship. If you leave the ship, you're going to die. So I want to tell you, don't jump ship. In a storm, don't jump ship. Don't jump ship. So, so many people are just going, well, it's not happening here, I'll jump ship. This, isn't, oh, this is getting a bit tough, tough, I'll jump ship. Don't jump ship. God has an assignment for your life. He had an assignment for Paul's life. He has an assignment for your life. Draw near to God. Get a, get a voice, get a word from God. Sorry, I'm talking. You've got some really good points. Can I finish mine? <laughs> Can you finish yours? Sure. Can I finish mine? How much time are we? So on the 14th night, 14 nights without seeing sun nor stars. Now you might go, okay, that just means it's dark. no. How did they find out where they were going? Have you ever been on the ocean where the, you can't see any landmass? You don't know where north, south, east, west is. You need the sun rising in the morning and setting in the evening. You need the stars at night. Who's guiding you in this storm? Where are you getting your guidance from? Where are you getting your direction from in the storm that you are going through at the moment? Because I encourage you. Get it from the God whose, what was the statement? It's really, really good. I want to get it right. Whose I am and whom I serve. Get it from Him. Don't get it from somebody else. Get it from Him. You can do it. 
You can do it. Jesus has made a way where you can speak directly to God. And you can be in love and not in fear. It goes on to say in 1 John, and I think it's in 5, it, says, it talks about how our, our faith is made perfect in love. And this is what overcomes the world, even our faith. See, Paul had incredible faith in this situation. The rest of them doubted. Now, we, we think that doubt is the opposite of faith. Who would agree with that? Before I, I had this revelation, I would have agreed with that. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. Doubt is the application of faith in the wrong thing. Doubt is the application of faith in the wrong thing. Those who believe and do not doubt do not apply their faith in the wrong direction. This is the faith. It's a faith that overcomes the world. Whatever you're facing, whatever storm you're facing in life, God has given us faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Each one has been given a deposit of faith. You have faith in you right now. Don't misdirect your faith. Who are you listening to? Where are you getting your guidance from? Because it's important. And don't jump ship. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith because we start losing our hope. And what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You've got to have hope. I say, build up your hope. Get your hope up. Get your hope up in God. Don't get your hope up in your finances, in your relationships, and in your health of your own body, even though that is really good for you to do these things. But get your hope up in God. Amen. It's good. <laughs> I just think this, this whole chapter 27 going into 28 of Acts is a really good metaphor for what we've all faced over the last mm. 12 months. Yeah. You know, it, it says in verse 7 that they made slow headway for many days. And verse 8 says they moved along with difficulty. And so, you know, this whole year, it feels like we've oh, had a yeah. headwind against us, hasn't <laughs> oh, it? Yeah. It's like we, we took two steps forward and then we had to take a step back. And we thought we were allowed to open up and gather again and then, and then we weren't. And the kids went back to school and then they didn't. And it was like we had a headwind all year and our progress was slow mm. and our progress was frustrating. And, you know, there were, we didn't know what, what was going to happen when. It's like, you know, the, the sky was dark. Yep. There were no stars. There was nothing to guide us. We'd never been here before. We'd never been in a pandemic before. We didn't know what it was going to look like next month or in two months or in six months. So I think this whole chapter is a really good metaphor for 2020. The progress has been slow. It's been frustrating. We, you know, we've been in the dark a lot of the time and we've been driven along like we haven't really had a choice a lot of the time have we oh yeah we've been told what to do we've been told to stay at home we've been told we have to wear masks we've been told we have to do this and that so it says that the wind drove the ship along does anyone feel like they've been driven along this year Mm. like you've Mm. been told how you have to live this year and so um yeah it's just it's just such a good metaphor and it says that and they were violently battered by the storm we feel a bit battered at the end of 2020 don't we we feel a bit a bit mentally drained a bit battered around but I love it that Paul got a word from God 
It says in verse, verse 24, Paul was able to say to, to everyone on the boat, and if you think being in a household of four people or five people in lockdown for oh, months of the time go. was hard, Come on. there were 276 people on this ship <laughs> for weeks, and they were, they were going against the wind. They were, their progress was slow. They were, they were buffeted. The, the people would have been sick seasick, no they're toilets. in a confined space, it was messy, it was yucky, it was crazy, so 20, 276 people stuck on a boat in lockdown, they couldn't go where they wanted to get, Ooh. so that's tough isn't it, but I love it how Paul got a word from God, and when we're, when we're in a storm, we need a word from God, I, you know, you wonder why Paul was the only person out of 276 who got a word from God. I think it's because he was the only one listening. Ooh. Everyone else was running around like chooks with their heads cut off. They were all going crazy. They were all panicking. They were all ditching the cargo. They were all trying to plot a course. They were all, you know, flapping their wings like chooks. And, Turkeys. And I believe Paul was at the back of the boat saying, God, you're doing something in this. Show me what you're doing because I need yes. a word from you right yes. now. I need to hear from you right now, God. Very because good. everyone else has lost hope. It says it right here. They lost hope mm. of being saved. But Paul was able to stand up and say, keep your courage. I've heard from God. Mm. And you know why we need a word, of, word from God in a storm? It's so that we can keep our courage, but also so that we can stand up amongst other people and say, yeah. hey, keep Come your on. courage because Very God good. showed me Very we're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's spoken to me. He's given me a word. He's given me a scripture to hold on to. He's given me a promise. And when you're in a difficult time, you need to knuckle down and buckle down. We've got to get a word from God because that's the only thing that gives us hope to persevere in the storm is to get that word from God, to be able to say, I heard from God. I got a word from God and I know that he's faithful. I know that he's faithful. Mm. But then he says, but we still, we still have to run aground. We're still going to hit the beach pretty hard. It's not over yet. Yeah. It's not over yet. We've still got some tough times ahead of us. And the, and the ship had to hit the rocks and it had to break up a bit. But I was thinking this year, you know, there's been some ships in our life that have had to hit the rocks. Ooh. There's been some things that we've become dependent on Ooh. that have had to hit the rocks so that we can rely on, oh, on the so rock, good. the one so true rock, so good. the one true God that we need to rely on. Because some of us has, have built other vehicles in our lives apart from God that we've become very reliant on. And some of those things have had to hit the rocks this year so that, so that God can say, hey, you need to rely on me again. You need to trust in me again. And they started throwing the cargo overboard. And how many people started off this year thinking some things were essential? <laughs> some things you just yeah. couldn't do without. Yep. Sending your kids to school every day was essential. And then before we know it, we're throwing those essential things overboard. <laughs> we're throwing the cargo overboard, the things we thought we couldn't live without. Seeing, seeing our family and, and catching up for coffee and all those things that were essential, that were so part of our life. And before we knew it, we had to ditch those things and throw them overboard as well. <laughs> so 
I feel like we've been, you know, stripped back to the bare bones this year. We've, we've been, you know, really, really brought down to, to a firm foundation. We've had to dig deep and really rely on God. But that, that's a good thing, isn't it? I'm not saying it's an easy thing. <laughs> I'm not saying it's been easy, but, yeah. it, but it's a good thing to have to discover where our foundation yeah. lies. And it, it's a good thing to learn again how to do life close, yeah. intimate. Yeah. Some people have been struggling with that mm. and saying how bad it is being locked in a house. But if you actually flip the script on that and learnt how to do family well again... Because mm. remember, families used to... if. If you come from a, a European climate, your family got locked in mm. over winter with animals below you. <laughs> animals. Yeah. Smelly. We've got some cats in the house. You know the song Smelly Cat? No. Smelly cat, oh, smelly cat. We've got two smelly cats in the house. Oh, my goodness. I would not want to be in, like, with a, like a, a s- <laughs> cows, goats, you know, underneath the house. And not only that, but how do we do life well with one another? Mm. Like we, this is a getting back to what is really true value in our life. Mm. Like we've got some people here today that are from Melbourne and uh, they, I know they live in an apartment and we, we live on a two acre plus property and lockdown for us has been like, we're living the dream. And I think of them with their two kids in an apartment, you know, your kids can't, you can't just let them run outside and do all that. You had to, we had to learn to do life well. And if you've struggled with that, I want to encourage you, learn to do life well with those who you value. Mm. Get, get your opinion and your attitude valuing people again. Don't put it on to them that they have to please you. No, 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 please them. Mm. Love them. Those who love one another, God lives in them and them in God. This is coming back to the God factor. Yeah. Let's have God in our homes. Yeah. Back to the story. Hmm. So they were heading for Rome, right? Paul was really fixed on getting to Rome because he, wanted, he knew that if he could get to Rome, Rome was like the, the center at the time. It was the epicenter. Everything went out from Rome and came into Rome. So Paul knew that if he could get to Rome and if he could um, preach the gospel in Rome, that it would go a long way. So he was, he was fixed on getting to Rome but because the wind took them in the wrong direction and they ended up running aground on, on an island, they ended up on the Isle of Malta. And the island Malta. of Malta, has anyone travelled the Mediterranean and been to Malta? I haven't. but like to. Somebody. Yeah, none of you have either. But I'm sure um, it's a beautiful island, but it's a very small island. And so instead of ending up in Rome, they ended up in Malta. And they had to stay there for a while until the weather improved. But what happened in Malta is that Paul then began to preach in Malta and all these people got healed and all these people got saved. And there was like this revival that broke out in Malta. And Paul would have never gone there Mm. unless he was driven there by this unexpected storm that broke out in his life. So, but it was, it was a destination that God had planned for him all along. So I, I want to ask you this year, what has your Malta been? Ooh. Because this year did not end up for any of us like we thought <laughs> it was going to end up. 
none of us arrived at the destination that we thought we were going to end up at in 2020. But God still had a plan for you and God still had a plan for me. So what is your Malta? What is the place where God took you that you didn't expect to go, but good things happened in that small place? Good things happened in that destination. And that's what we need to focus on at the end of 2020. Not the storm, not the shipwreck, but God took us to Malta and he did some good things in us. And he connected us with some people that we may not have connected with otherwise. And we spent time with people that we may not have spent time with otherwise. And God did some good things. So I want to ask you, what, what is your Malta? And if you don't know what it is, then ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Because we need to end this year being thankful. We need to end this year with hindsight 2020. When I look back on 2020, I have hindsight 2020. And I can say, yes, God is good. Yes, God didn't leave me. God didn't forsake me. He took me somewhere I didn't know I was going to go, but he did something good in that place. He did something good in that place, and I'm going to praise him for that. Yeah. I'm going to praise him for taking me to Malta. It's interesting. You got, like, when they first arrived at Malta, the islanders that says he showed us unusual kindness and they built yeah. a fire. Mm. So, Paul, because he was a servant hearted person, goes to get some sticks. Yeah. Mind you, can I just say for those that might be watching in that, as believers of Jesus, we love metaphors. Because the stories here aren't just stories to tell us about things that have happened. Kylie just used the metaphor there as in, what's your Malta? We love them because it gives us a a broader understanding of how God can move in our lives as he did back then. Because he is no respecter of people. Which you might think he doesn't respect people. No, he, he doesn't count anyone more important than anyone else. If he did something for Paul, he yeah. can do it for you. Yes. If he did it for a woman with an issue of blood yes. and she pressed through the crowd to just touch him, he can do it for you. He can yeah. heal you. Yeah. He, he, can, he can even raise people from the dead. Oh, I, I want to see that. Oh, yeah. I want to start proclaiming miracles. Yes. Miracles. Yes. So while he's there, he gets the bundle of um, sticks and a, he puts it down and a snake, this deadly viper, latches onto him and bites him. The islanders go, oh, this man must be a murderer or a bad person because he survived the storm, yet now he's been bitten by a snake. What bad fortune this guy has. And he shakes it off into the fire, goes about his business. Remember what Jesus said? If you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. And if you, any snakes bite you, you can handle them with the. And some Americans have taken that up that they walk around with rattlesnakes to prove that they're saved. Americans, huh? But, um. <laughs> there's one here. Like, <laughs> there might be more, but there's one I know of. He looks Canadian. Sorry. What a miraculous thing. Now, Paul could have thought, now a snake's bitten me as well. What's going on? Surely God's sending me a sign that I shouldn't be going to Rome. No, 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 no. Don't read anything into the storm. Don't read anything into any crisis. Just speak 
the, the testimony of Jesus over your life, the, which is the spirit of prophecy. Keep that, that appointment alive in your life for, because he who did a good, has begun a good work in you will carry that good work on to completion. Yeah. See, the snake represents the venom that, that can get inside us. Oh, yeah. Because if the storm doesn't take Another us metaphor. out, and if mm. the shipwreck doesn't take us out, then what the enemy tries to do is bring a snake that, because the storm is external, the shipwreck is external, yep. the venom can get of bitterness mm. or disappointment or how oh, could God let that happen or, yeah. you know, um, all that guile that can get in us in hard times, that bitterness that venom that can get into our veins, we have to shake that off. Yep. You know, shake we, it off. We can't let the storm or the shipwreck or the snake take us out. Mm. We've got to shake it all off and move on and say, God, thank you that you sustained me this mm. year. I'm mm. grateful for everything that you've done this yes. year. I'm yeah, not going to take on. on any venom. I'm not going to take on Ooh. any bitterness. I'm not going to take on any so good. downcast pessimism. About the future, I'm, I, I have hope. I have hope. Because if you've seen me through this, God, you can see me through anything. Oh, yes. You can see me through anything. So nothing the enemy can throw at us, no venom, no shipwreck, no storm is going to take us out. Because we have hope in Jesus. This girl is on fire. Can I just say, you might be looking at us thinking it's easy for us. It's not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have some times where we go toe-to-toe. I'm not going to talk about it, but we have <laughs> recently, <laughs> You yesterday. are going to talk about it. <laughs> go for it. I'll give you permission. You're giving me permission because she usually tells me off. She goes, why do you have to talk about stuff that is between us? I'm going, because I'm trying to show that we're relatable. I'm trying to say that we're flesh and bone, that, that yeah. we're not like living in this promised land. We we're have to apply the word of God to our lives on a daily basis. And I, we, we had a disagreement. Well, Kylie had a disagreement with me. Um, <laughs> And she told me that uh, I was disagreeing, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not disagreeable. I probably was. I, I'm, no. Where's that tape? I think I need to put it. Yeah. Put <laughs> <laughs> the tape on. And um, I love you. I love you too, yeah. babe. I get. I'm so glad I get to journey with you. Me too. You're a significant woman. I can't talk now. <laughs> I'm glad I journey with you too, babe. She says that now. <laughs> <laughs> Always. But can I just encourage you, none of us are exempt from storms in our life. None of us are exempt from venom in our life. None of us are exempt from shipwrecks and loss of value in our life. This is all the metaphors of this story here. But um, I want to take you back to if we're in love, if we're in love, it, it demolishes fear. It destroys fear. And fear is the robber, the, the thief of hope. Hope of the world, we sang this morning. Jesus, hope of the world. We're coming up to this time where 
Have you got any more points? Because yours are gold. I think I'm done. Weren't they good? Wow. So um, we're coming up to a time where we celebrate the birth of Jesus. It wasn't necessarily this time of year, just like the Queen's Day birthday isn't her day, but it doesn't matter. We get to celebrate it. Not only that, I'm walking through um, supermarkets and they're playing like Bethel songs and Hillsong. And I'm like, what? You know, an elevation. And I'm like, what? I'm thinking, go, you good thing. You know, um, and it's not just Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, God for that. (laughs) But we get to celebrate and we get to be Jesus in our communities. Now, you might be fighting with some neighbors. You might be fighting with your friends. You might be fighting with somebody, some people. And fight, you might be just having some disagreements or offenses. We... Jesus' example to us was, you have been forgiven much, so therefore forgive much. This morning as we were worshipping um, and Paul was singing, I came in here this morning and Paul's just, as the team are getting ready, Paul's just singing, you know, this is the air I breathe. And I just went, oh, Lord. And I just stood here for ages just with my hands raised and just, just worshipping God and realising how much I need Jesus in my life, how much I need that North Star, that the compass of my life, He is the direction. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Everything that we need in life. We need to know what the way is. We need to know, do you know what? The planet now is looking for which way do we go. Where's the way now? Because no one knows and there's so many opinions they want to know where the bedrock is they want to know where truth is they want to know where real life is because people are just trying to greed and all that is just trying to rob us of all those things don't let that venom into your veins shake it off don't get disappointed by the shipwrecks God has an appointment for your life find out what that appointment is if you don't know what it is Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what the will of God, His His good, pleasing, and perfect will is for your life. And you get to know what God's will is for your life in Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm glad I don't have to live finding out what what is the meaning of life. If we go back to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's 42. That makes sense to somebody in the room, but it doesn't make sense to me. The meaning of life is to glorify God. The meaning of life is to reflect His, gra- his yeah. grandeur, His glory. Because I've, I've got this recording on my phone. Um, Bridie was, she went, she was spent most of the year, I'm talking about you this morning. You're doing a great job on the cameras. Callum, you're doing a great job. Lindy, you did an awesome job this morning. We're, we're so grateful um, for the team, because when we go to multiple services, we will probably stop live streaming because um, it, it, it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, um, and you, you, you've got no idea what this team does. And, and can I just say that I think our live stream has like, been almost world class. Now, let, let, I'll, I'll go again. It's world class. Like, this is really, really, like, it's excellent stuff. And, um, 
So Bridie spent most of the year here and then she went home and she was saying, she was complaining about a neighbour or something like that. And I, I had the window open and I just went over and I recorded um, our night sounds, um, which is, oh, you can come and listen to it later. And I sent it to her. Frogs. And all you hear is just frogs. We've got frogs all around our neighbour, our neighbour and he, Zane's got this awesome pond and we've got frogs all around our property and you just hear willy wagtails at night. It took me ages to work out what that freaking bird was that was whistling all night. And I, I sent it to her and it's so peaceful. They're all glorifying God. The frogs are glorifying God. The willy wagtails glorifying God. You know, everything in creation glorifies God, has no choice. We are the only species on the planet. Mankind is the only species that gets the choice. And this is how great God's perfect love is for us. Because without free will, you can't have perfect love. People say, why did God do this? Why is there, didn't God wipe out the devil? Why did God give me choices? Why, why didn't God just eradicate sin? No, he dealt with sin, but we now get to choose to either sin or live a righteous life. We get the choice. And that's why his love is so perfect because he forced us to do anything. He gives us the choice and he wants to know we choose him. Choose life. Choose to shake off the venom. Choose to, to see the good in the shipwreck, the assignment in the shipwreck. Choose to see the value in losing what you valued at the start of this year. Can we just pray for you guys in the, in the room, but also you at home? Um, if you don't know Jesus or you're away from God at the moment, um, then I implore you, be reconciled with God. Be reconciled with God because there's no greater thing that you can do on this planet than to find the Father, to be fathered and to know what real, true love is. So, Father, right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit and the authority of the name of Jesus, I just speak blessing and favor over each person in the room, each family, each marriage, each child. Right now, can I have your hand, honey? Right now, we bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God the authority of that name by which all knees shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Nothing else is. No country, no ruler, no economy, no disease, no pandemic is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Father, I thank you that you made it so easy for us to be reconciled to you by just laying our life out and saying, Jesus, I give you my life. Wash me clean. Forgive my sins. Forgive my shortcomings. Forgive me where I've missed the mark for my life. Show me what my purpose is. Father, I thank you by your Holy Spirit right now that you're moving on hearts, on souls, on minds. Thank you for your peace. Your incredible peace moving through souls right now, 
souls at rest, souls at peace. Father, I thank you for that peace that Scripture talks about that bypasses our crazy brain meats and it guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are our protector. You go before us. You come up behind us. You come, you walk beside us. I speak your providence, your favor, your blessing, your love, your peace, your joy over each household, over each marriage, over each family, over each person, over each child, over each young man, young woman, teenager, right now. As we prepare and the planet prepares to celebrate the coming of your son, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Peace on earth, Lord, your heart, good will to all everyone. Your will is good, Father. Your purpose is good. Ah, oh, we rejoice in you, Father. Yes. And we thank you for this in the authority of the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give yeah. the Lord a hand this morning. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about services or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au. 